Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the great detectives of old time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. Today we're going to bring you an episode of the Philip Marlowe TV series. This is episode one. The original air date is October the 6th, 1959, and the title is The Ugly Duckling. <laughs> David, that'll hardly pay the rent. I'm sorry, Don. It's the best I can do. You can do better. Be careful, darling. You're spilling my drink. I ought to kill you. Go ahead. It's no good, Don. Why, Mr. Jordan? You know what I mean. I'm married to a wonderful woman... Only she doesn't understand you. She understands me too well. Everything was fine until you came along. Well, if you want to get rid of me, that's easy enough to arrange. Desk, please. Yes, this is Miss Raymond in suite 4A. I'd like my bill, please. What do you think you're doing? Well, make up your mind, David. I thought that's what you wanted. I don't know what I want. I only know that we can't go on like this. Whenever I'm near you, I, I... You could be near me all the time. And what I make as a lawyer, looking after my wife's interests. Suppose something happened to Lucille. What? Well, let's face it, David. Accidents do happen. Well, did you read about this woman who was electrocuted in her bath the other day? It seems she was listening to the radio and... Stop it. Who do you think I am? Now listen to me, David. Now you told me you were the sole beneficiary of Lucille's estate. Now if anything happened to Nothing's her... Nothing's going to happen. You wouldn't have to be involved. I know a man who would... Now listen to me. Forget I mentioned it. Just leave everything to me. Do you really have to go, Lucille? I'm such a lovely night. I thought maybe the two of us could do something together. Oh, I wish I'd known, darling. You know I always visit Father on Thursday night. Well, call it off. Call it off, Lucille. I want you to stay home. I can't, David. He isn't feeling well. But you've made me very happy. 
I've had the feeling lately that I've been boring you more than usual. Oh, that's not true. Please, back by 10 o'clock. I get into the act. 48 hours later, I received a call from a Mr. Paul Howard. Would I be good enough to meet him at Lucille Jordan's home in Bel Air? They had something in common. She was his daughter. I tell you, Marlowe, it's a miracle she wasn't killed. This was a deliberate attempt at murder. Father, I prefer to believe it was an accident. I don't understand you, Lucille. We've known for three months that David was seeing that woman. Obviously, Miss Raymond must fulfill some need I can't. Please try to understand, Mr. Marlowe. My husband never attempted to deceive me. I knew he was marrying me for my money. You're a remarkable woman, Mrs. Jordan. No. I'm a woman who's in love with her husband. Where's your husband now? San Francisco. He'll be home tomorrow morning. Suppose I can prove he was responsible for that attempt on your life. I don't want you to. What do you want? I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want any more of these accidents. If anything happens to my daughter... Nothing will. I'll leave that up to you, Marlowe. Personally, I'd just as soon take that son-in-law of mine and... No. See how my hands are tied? You want your husband that badly? Then the only alternative is to get rid of the girl. I could try and scare her off by tying her to your accident. No. That involved David. Then you've got to buy her off. I'll give her $10,000 if she's out of town in 24 hours. Cash is a lot more convincing. Raymond? That's right. My name's Philip Marlowe. May I come in? You like? Yes, indeed. Uh, Miss Raymond, uh, I'm a private investigator. You're kidding. If you're a private dick, where's your trench coat? I'm in disguise. Oh, I see we're going to get along real fine. 
thanks. Would you like a drink? Not during office hours. And I thought this was a social call. What's on your mind? Have you ever considered the advantages of travel? They say it broadens one. I couldn't afford that. You know something? I think you'd be a lot happier in New York. But since you're not working for the local Chamber of Commerce, whom do you represent? Mrs. Lucille Jordan. You can tell Mrs. Jordan I like it here fine. There's so many attractions. Look, why don't you get your hooks out of Jordan? He doesn't mean a thing to you. How can you tell? Because rockets don't go off when I hear his name? Let's just say I know you're kind. And what exactly is my kind? I only do analysis on my couch. You guys are all alike. You see a girl, and one, two, three, you've got her figured. I'm sure I'm hard. What do you suppose made me this way? I was born in this town. So was I. On Skid Row. Right near the depot. We must have gone to different schools. I learned this is a dog-eat-dog world. Mm-hmm. And what makes it that way? People like me. Who did you expect, Dr. Schweitzer? Oh, yeah, I read a book once. Here. It's a bio-hole library. It's all yours if you're on that plane. It leaves at 7.15 tonight. Well, I can see how you got that scar. Yeah, some gal tried to slit my throat. Only her aim was bad. Marlowe? Aren't you going to help me pack? Want to call up your friend? The boy who tried to run Mrs. Jordan off Coldwater Canyon. I'll bet he's real handy around the house. Have a nice trip. I love her. Bill! I thought it was you, you big lunk. Hank, how you doing? Oh, so-so. I'm the house detective here. Good. Keeping you busy? Oh, there's always a crisis. Party in 1003 thought an international mob stole his false teeth. They were in the ice bucket. You know something, Hank? Maybe you and I can join forces. I'd like someone to keep an eye on the gal in 4A. Donna Raymond? Yeah, make sure she checks out tonight. Well, look, Phil, I can't get on the muscle. No, me. no trouble. She's been paid plenty. She's not out by 7. Buzz me at home. Yeah, this show to take care of the phone call. Yeah? Phil? Hank Overstreet. That gal Donna Raymond didn't check out. Transfer me to Miss Raymond's suite. Hang on. Will you transfer this call to Miss Raymond's suite? Thanks. Hello. Hello, lover. Who's this? Philip Marlowe, the guy without the trench coat. Oh, yes. Listen, Mr. Marlowe, I don't know what your game is, but I suggest you find yourself another partner. Oh, you'll do fine. I gave you $10,000 this afternoon. You didn't give me a cent. Look, Mr. Marlowe, I don't care if you double-cross your client, but I'm not standing still for any frame. Anything else, Mrs. Jordan? Mr. Marlowe... Didn't give you that money. How many times do I have to tell you no? And if he had, I would have thrown it back in his face. I happen to be in love with David.
There's one thing worse than a four-flusher, and that's a two-timer. Ninety minutes later, I was back at Donna's hotel. Lieutenant Harris. I'd like to report a murder. Where? Manton Hotel, Suite 4A. And your name? John Smith. say there's nothing like using your head. Two hours later, I was down at headquarters and a police lieutenant named Manny Harris was making sympathetic noises. John Smith. I don't know. I watch TV, none of the private eyes act like you. You don't exactly behave like Sergeant Friday, either. These fellas all wear Ivy League suits. They have girl-type singers throwing themselves at their feet. Sounds like a great life. Why don't you try it and leave the police work to us? I don't know any girl-type singers. You find anything unusual in Donna Raymond's room? One-way ticket to New York. We're checking on the buyer. What about the murder gun? That was a 38. Killer wasn't obliging enough to leave it behind. As an ex-cop, you ought to know they rarely do. How come no one heard the shot? What's your guess? Use a silencer of some kind. A pillow. That would account for the feathers all over the floor. Now I got one or two questions for you. Who are you representing? Now, don't try to fight us. Solving murder is our business. And mine is to protect my client. Now, look, Phil. No, you look. I'm in a business where people come to me with troubles. Troubles they don't want to take to the cops. Now, how long are they going to come if any guy with a badge can hold me upside down and shake him out of me? Yeah. Right away. Come in, please. What's the idea, Manny? I kind of figured she was your client. And that means she's guilty? You sit down, Mrs. Jordan. Now, when was the last time that you met Donna Raymond? Now, you hold on a minute. I never met her. 
I could have told you that. All right, Mr. Marlowe, then riddle me this. If your client never met Miss Raymond, how come we found her fingerprints all over Donna's room? Can you send a matron in here, please? Good morning. Well, good morning, Paul. I didn't expect to find you here. Where's Lucille? In jail. What? You mean you didn't know she was being held for the murder of that Raymond woman? I don't believe you. I'm going to kill you, David. I should have a long time ago. You're crazy. You're responsible for all this. Paul, listen to me. You've got to give me a chance to explain. Excuse me. The door was open. I'm intruding. Don't go, Marla. He wants to kill me. How'd you know my name? Donna told me that you were up to see her yesterday. You were supposed to be in San Francisco last night. Well, I spoke to her on the phone. Where'd you stay? What hotel? You spent the night right here in L.A. Where? The Claymore. Well, call him if you don't believe me. What time did you check in? About ten. Miss Raymond was killed between eight and nine. I didn't do it. You were up there last night. I could tell her that we were through. How many times have you told her that before? This time I meant it. You always meant it. What's the name of the boy who tried to kill your wife? I don't know. I swear to you, I don't know that Donna arranged everything. Don't go, Marlowe. You'll kill me. That's your problem. Oh, please. Don't. Don't do it. You can't. I think you could. The gun I had taken from Mr. Howard was a 38. I wondered what ballistics would make of it. But that would have to wait. I still had to find out the name of the guy who slugged me. I had hopes Donna's hotel room might give me the answer. Hank was his usual obliging self. Nervous, but obliging. How much more time you gonna need, Phil? If the cops find out I let you in here, it'll mean my neck. You know, this day must have been a pack rat at heart. Who do you think killed her? Hiya, soldier. That's the boy who dumped me. Yeah. Only you wouldn't stay dumped. Why'd the cops let you go? I wasn't that type. I asked you something, soldier. Any more smart remarks and I'll...
like Rossi. It's a 38. Police might like a look at this. Okay, soldier, pick him up. Marlowe again? Just uh, helping out. Where'd you find him? Down at Raymond's hotel room. I won't ask right now what you were doing there. Well, look here, Lieutenant. I'll get to you later. Where you been keeping yourself, Rossi? You know him? Oh, sure. Frank and I are old friends. He's the boy who ran Mrs. Jordan over Coldwater Canyon. I wouldn't be surprised. They hear tell he'd do anything for Donna. You're darn right. She was one in a million. When you thought you were losing it to Jordan, you killed her. You're crazy. You know it was Mrs. Jordan. Cut it out. Marlowe? He killed Donna. But he wasn't there at the time of the murder. He was in a bar 30 miles away. All right. Explain this. I took it off him. Doesn't mean a thing. Does it hurt to check? Where'd you get this? I worked on a hunch. It was in the compartment of your car. According to the serial number, it's yours. And that is the gun that killed Donna Raymond. Two hours later, I was free as a bird. Manny wasn't tough to convince. He was perfectly satisfied to give the credit to Mrs. Jordan. He felt that as my client, she had access to the gun. It made sense of a sort. But go explain that to Mr. Howard. Well, you tell Marlowe for me he won't get away with this. If he thinks... Well, he thinks you better get over here if you want to help your daughter. It's 1441 Ocean Drive. He's coming. Well, why do you get up your sleeve? I think I finally figured it out. That alibi of Rossi's. According to the police, he was 30 miles away in a bar when Donna was killed. So? So, can you see how it's possible for one person to be in two places at the same time? No. Neither can I. So who does that leave? You. <laughs> you had everything going your way, Hank. You were on top of every play. You and your little passkey. What are you talking about? When Manny told me they didn't find anything unusual in her room, I wondered what happened to the money I gave her. So help me, Phil, if I didn't know you. And when I learned the killer used my gun, that should have been the tip-off. You were the only member of the cast who knew about that compartment in my car. You must have followed me home and grabbed it after I told you to watch Donna. Thanks for the frame, Hank. You're a real pal. Put it down, Phil. I said, put it down. That won't do you any good, Hank. That's why I had you call Mrs. Jordan's father. He knows you call from here. Phil, can't you and I talk this thing out? There's nothing to talk about, Hank. I'll split the money with you, Phil. It's $5,000 each. I've been a gumshoe for 23 years. And all I got to show for it is a slug in the hip and $108 in the bank. $5,000. Phil, do you realize what a guy like me has to do to make it? You had to commit murder. She was no good, Phil. 
She was... She was a human being, Hank. And that's about the worst you can say about anybody. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. Association with California National Production. Welcome back. To many critics, this Philip Marlowe TV series is Philip Marlowe in name only. And I can understand why. Philip Marlowe, as written, really fits best into the world of the late 30s and 1940s. Or perhaps an embittered Marlowe in the early 50s, as in The Long Goodbye. My initial impression of the series was that it was a uh, typical tough guy private detective series of the late 50s and early 60s that just slapped the uh, Philip Marlowe name on it. And there are lots of changes to uh, Marlowe that make him fit with the times, but don't seem very Marlowe-esque. Uh, probably one of the biggest moments in this episode was when Marlowe declared that he doesn't drink while he's working. If you've ever read The Long Goodbye, that seems a bit silly. In addition, the biographical data is changed for seemingly no reason. Uh, Marlowe in the TV series says he grew up in Los Angeles, while in the books it was established that he grew up in a small town and moved to Los Angeles. But there are also a lot of nods to the uh, novels and the history of the character. Uh, one thing that really stands out is the gun compartment. That is something that is just classic Marlowe. You'll see it in uh, movies like The Big Sleep, and I love that it was actually part of the plot of the episode. You also have uh, the guy who calls Marlowe Soldier, which is something that happened to Marlowe a lot, where the thug would uh, adopt a nickname for Marlowe and continue to call him that over and over again. Some of the characters, particularly the husband and the mistress, both come off as uh, 
types of characters that you might easily see in a Chandler novel. In addition, uh, they really do try to uh, establish uh, Marlowe as being different from other TV private eyes. There's this scene where there's the conversation between Marlowe and Lieutenant Harris where they're talking about other TV detectives. In particular, they reference Peter Gunn, who wore really nice designer suits and uh, had a beautiful singer-girlfriend. The gist of the conversation in this episode in the comparison is to say Marlowe isn't like that. He's a working guy with a scar from his efforts as an investigator. I don't think it works as well as they would have hoped, but I can definitely see the effort to make Philip Marlowe stand out from all the other detective shows that were on during this era. I also want to say I really like uh, William Shallot here as uh, Lieutenant Harris. Uh, of course, I first knew him as the father on the Patty Duke show. But I think he does a good job as a policeman. I particularly love the scene where Marlowe's bringing in the suspect. I thought the ending was clever. I didn't see it coming the first time I watched it. And I think it works very well, particularly for a first episode, since the audience doesn't quite know who's going to stick around as a supporting cast member. And for all they know, this guy could have become, uh, you know, Marlowe's ongoing assistant if that's what the creative team wanted. So having him turn out to be the murderer was a nice twist. All right, well, that will do it for now. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.